Hello and welcome to the Gossip Stone podcast, where we cover the Ocarina of Time, a randomizer. We focus primarily on racing and the competitive scene, as well as other various other topics for the community as a whole. I'm Riley. I'm Yoshi. And I'm Kolo. Joined by Kola for an episode on mid-game routing decisions. Uh, we've done our early game routing episode before, so today we're going to move more through the seed, you know, you've done your opening routes, you've done your opening areas and got that first wave of items. We're going to talk about the decisions you make from there and how to pick which dungeon when, when to push progression and density and that kind of thing. And before that, as always, we'll be talking about the weekly races from this last weekend, as well as season three tournament races that have happened since the last episode. But before we start those fun recaps, Quick shout out to Shadow for all the behind the scenes, tech, sound, editing, all the stuff he does. So let's start off with the any weekly, shall we? Listen. We start off with a pretty big one this week. The this any weekly was a very like very it's one of the rare kind of seeds where you get a maybe item on 50 skulls that was actually pretty required so uh today we had the today the NA weekly was a 50 magic uh, 50 skulls for magic which is kind of a, of a weird one where it's like okay do i commit to it we got the hint very very early so it's very interesting to know if you want to go for it or not especially in this kind of seed you had stone shadow you had uh song of storms on ot you got those kind of or like the Song of Storms on Ocarina of Time you kind of got early, so as you're like thinking, okay, magic kind of locks a lot, this seed. So Right, that's, yeah, that's two big dungeons both locked away potentially by that. But then magic's always, cause so I think a lot of people, if you see like a bow on 50, you'll just ignore it. You dismiss it right away, exactly, yeah. Yeah, magic's a little more questionable. It's like, ah, it's one of two? And if the other one's in bottom of the well or shadow, then mm -hmm. yeah, like, definitely a tough decision there. Like it was for this seed where you had your unhinted hammer for medallion fire in deep stone shadow, and the second magic was on Volvagia in barren fire. <laughs> that was great just seeing that magic pop up. You're like, ah, <laughs> wonderful. It always happens that the magic is in a barren location and seeds like that. Yeah, but it's the, these seeds are, I think, one of the most fun to like think about routing, especially like, okay, do I do I ignore skulls? Do I like get a few and just like be a bit undecisive early? Because we had the twenty hint being dead really early as well, so like stopping at ten was just like, do I or do like. I can't, I can't uncommit to this. This is magic. Like, uh. <laughs> like Skull Seeds already have some of the most interesting routing in my mind. If it's one where it's like, it's maybe a Skull Seed, but maybe you can get away without it, then it's that interesting decision between both huge decision making and also the really interesting routing around that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you can either like full commit really early and get really rewarded, or you just don't commit to it and get rewarded as well by just finding another one completely available anywhere else that's not magic locked. 
So, not to mention, of course, that most people, even while looking for magic, didn't have the hover boots either. Right, the hovers were on chickens this time, and uh, there's still some people in the community that just don't like doing chickens. I mean, it's I probably I think the statistically the slowest check in the game almost. So probably yeah. I mean, you could consider like going to bosses or like in dungeons, but if it's progression, it doesn't really count to me. I think chickens are definitely worse in the seat because magic locked uh, the song of storms, which meant you're not going to bottom of the well and can do chickens while doing bottom of the well. Mm. Right, true, yeah. God, it's even harder to root in, yeah. Mm. Luckily enough, we had Sons, I think, the seed pretty early, so you could, like, if you wanted to route uh, Night Cax goals as child, you could try to get chickens on at the same time. So you could kind of fill it in, but st still some people... Chickens is always a weird one. If you do it too early, I feel like it feels kind of bad. If you do it too late, it feels kind of bad. It's, it's, it's a hard one to route in, especially like this. But yeah, uh, other than that, there's a strength in river, which is okay. Like, it's not the worst, but sometimes it can be quite troublesome. Uh, the seed was a one by the salty sponge in a 3 20 27 for a. F it's pretty, pretty, pretty long seed compared to standards. And it was not sure. even all dungeons, so... Yeah. It's still a respectable time, for sure. Right, yeah, especially, it says a lot about how bad the seed is if first place is, like, approaching three and a half hours. I feel like that's that happens pretty often when there's something hard required on 50, but it's not, like, a single item of set progression. It's like, like not like Hammer, but it's instead, like, a bow or magic like this was. Right, yeah. I feel like... Seeds tend to towards tour towards those kind of times. Yeah, I I mean by comparison, I guess moving forwards, the EU weekly was about an hour faster. <laughs> uh, first place in that one was Metalo with a two twenty eight on the dot. Uh, that was a really interesting end as well because Metalo finished at two twenty eight, and by two twenty nine, four people were done. Uh, which is kind of the way with the jet seed. It was an incredibly fast early game. And the biggest things were you had strength in the Zora River Grotto, same as the NA one. But the only thing really pointing you there was Ruto's letter. And you had the boomerang as well. So you could go up to the main, no scale, get the, let uh, get the strength on the way. And at that point, that opened up Forest, which had the hammer. It gave you Requiem from the prelude check. And so all of a sudden, you go chaining through things. You go into fire. You go and get... Uh, you play Requiem, you reverse, you go to GTG. Suddenly, everything opens up. And Din's Fire was the required thing. We had uh, Way of the Hero stone shadow and din's fire sat right near the start of gtg was basically the big thing that locked that and that locked strength two which led off into beating spirit as the last medallion the problem with this was you got the letter so you could go and do ice cavern it was logically required for a long shot but it was dead. And, 
And the lens. And the lens lens. outside, yeah. (laughs) Um, Uh, You got the boomerang, so you could do Jabu easily enough while you were there, and that was quite early. You you got Song of Storms really early, so you could go into Bottom of the Well straight away. It uh, was barren. You also got a... Very rare that happens. You get a Dequitry Baron in your opener. I think it was in Hyrule Castle. So yeah. you can get Dequitry Baron before you get Dequitry. Like people, cause like someone like me, I'm like, okay, three song just got generally weaker. So I just grabbed the first song and went straight adult after that. So like, it's another really interesting hint to get early that doesn't happen often that can drastically change the way you route a seed. Right. Along with the, the Shadow Way of the Hero, that was a really interesting one because... Towards the end, you had to go child with Requiem to get the keys. Mm-hmm. And that during that, you could just go into Deku Tree, Din's Fire. Like, do it the really fast way. Yeah, but it's... The, the hints in the seed were actually really good. But, yeah, it was just, it was a jet seed with a lot of bait open. You know, people, people ended up doing water and Jabu because they full cleared fire. And found... Irons and deep way the hero fire, mind you, because we had mirror shield. Was way the hero, but the mirror shield was right at the start, yeah. Um, so it was like it was a jet seed with a ton of bait, and the people who finished in the first few places were the people who didn't get baited, and then like the next handful of places got baited once maybe, um, and one decision could cost you a ton of time and a ton of places in this because. People were just kind of condensed into the packs based on how much they got led astray. That is generally how the jet seeds work out. If you get baited into something, you're gonna lose a lot of placement. Yeah. I mean, I will say as well, the logic for this seed was terrible. I mentioned Ice Cavern being logically required for long shot. It had the lens. Logically, you were meant to cross the desert to get Sarias to get to Forest, which and locked Requiem. both Requiem and Minuet. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is crazy. That's absolutely wild. But, yeah, obviously, a lot of people just didn't do Ice Cavern. They didn't care about that one. You go into Forest, you get Requiem at the end of that, you go to Spirit, everything's golden. I think it does make sense to focus on your forest temple progression before going to Ice Cavern and then you're just getting the hammer, you will go into fire, and move on from there. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. I think Bottom of the Well was the easy bait to walk into because Storms and ZL and Bombs were all incredibly early. Ice Cavern was kind of like the mid-tier one. It's like it makes sense to go to Ice Cavern at some point, even if even if it's after Forest and Fire, but before GCG, Ice Cavern makes sense. The debate was Ice Cavern is all open. It's been open for quite a while. Letter was Sphere Zero. And then you have GTG without Strength 2. Mm. And you know you'll never get Strength 2 with how the seed was going because it was very likely to be in Shadow. So you were looking for what was most likely Dins. So you're thinking to yourself, okay, it's basically about the same odds. And then Ice Cavern, I think, just had Bolero for the song, so it was not very relevant. A sun song with a hint for the for the hint with a hint for the Redead Grave as well, just to really cap it off. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was a. And then, on top of that, somehow people ended up in 
water and jabu on top, which yeah feels like That's the hard me. mode bait there. Yeah, it's like yeah, I had like easy like the low and middle ones. I had bottom of the well and I had ice cavern. Um, but yeah, there was just a ton of bait available. Deep fire kind of drew you towards water if you got you know if you got the iron boots there before getting the hammer which i think you could get to without getting the hammer even though it was quite deep into mm -hmm. fire i think so yeah yeah hell of a seed um but like, sub 230 for the first finish from metalo and yeah if you don't get baited in a jet seed it is pretty damn good and if you do it feels awful all right we can move on to season three recaps and for this episode we have two very good races and they're both coming from the losers brackets the first one for you guys today is losers bracket round six a match between what the hell's happened the fourth seed and phoenix feather the seventh seed and this one was a really really good seed, a really good seed to watch uh they're both really they're both friends they've been playing bingo for a lot so there's a lot of competition with the, between this one they kind of wanted the metagame off of each other really early because everybody knows what the hell's really likes doing early adult but started with a forest med they gave you enough money for deku and a bomb bag from mido so like deku into adult is just literally like both of them like they, they each said like you can't not do that opener when you get that basically so they both started with Deku into early adults. They got Rudo's letter in Deku, which was way the hero. Uh, thought, okay, maybe it's for Jabu, but then and they went to the to the pedestal and saw that it was uh, Stone Jabu. So you're okay, probably Ice. Then get the they get the Ice way the hero and in going into the Dango's cavern with the bomb bag. They also have a DMT way the hero and to get a strength one there. And for a while, it seemed kind of out of place because. Strength one didn't really lock anything. So they do a few things. Uh, all of Ice Cavern is already in logic. And then both of them kind of just start doing a lot of random child cleanup before going to Ice. Like they go turn in the letter. Okay, that's fine. But then they just start just doing cleanup and cleanup everywhere. What the hell's even goes child spirit. He does child Goron city. He does literally everything. Phoenix just kind of like... Okay, routes a bit weirdly because they don't have sun, so their time of day was kind of off. No serenade, no prelude, so he kind of had to route a bit differently. But this is this was weird because like I, like personally, when I see ice like wait here that's full clearable like that really early, it's a, it's really hard to just do a lot of overworld like that. And they that's it. They, they got nothing from doing all that overworld. And so it kind of felt bad just seeing them both clean it up, but it's a 1v1 for you. They can go that way. So they both go to ice. Zora's Fountain had hovers, and then Ice Cavern just ended up having the first hook shot, which basically opened the whole seed. So after that, uh, Phoenix Feather was slightly ahead, uh, just hadn't gotten his light arrows from Hot Rider from Chalgaron City. So it looked kind of even. They both did forest. Uh, after that, their best option was bottom of the well, and this one was pretty uh, dumb. They find strength through the invisible chest in Dead Hands room and the hammer right after, while what the hells is just on his way to bottom of the well, does the flame storage in the composer grave, finds the mirror shield and the boomerang from 20 skulls, which Phoenix Feather was at like 12, I want to say. Oh, so it's like, Jesus. damn. 
that's a that's a lot of uh, th th that was like in a span of 10 seconds we saw all those items so okay you have a lot of options but obviously you're going to do your progression uh, your progression fire first you're gonna uh probably if you can't full clear without a bow because it's at this point they didn't have a bow they got a strength from the, the that strength from bottom of the wall was pretty interesting though because of the strength from dmt with how the seed went nothing else was strength locked so that meant strength two had to be a whaler over something so they both go to fire at this point they're missing magic and bow they find the magic in fire and they end up being bow locked out of fire as well for the bosky so they both go to shadow uh they full clear it out of logic because you had they both they had to do it with uh, bomb shoes but i say that but what the hell's wasted all the the only 10 packet shoes they got early so he had to go in shadow push the block he rode the boat twice he lost a lot of time doing that and then here came the fun part the, the strength two way the arrow they had to chase it had to lead to a bow but where was that bow what the hell's i done child spirit earlier and phoenix feather gets the spirit first but you're actually key locked from uh adult spirit so phoenix feather just doesn't want to go back child he's still he ends up reversing to gtg while what the hell's d did child spirit so he keeps climbing. So we're like, oh my god, where's the bow? <laughs> and then, what the hell's opens up the bosky chest in spirit, which is out of logic, finds an out of logic bow, while Phoenix Feather, right not long after, finds the first logical one in the like like room in GTG. And that was, <laughs> that was just so intense. Uh, what the hell's ended up finishing, uh, found his bow first, so, and he had light, so we ended up not getting punished for not being able to finish shadow and ends up winning over phoenix feather by around six minutes <laughs> this match was and it was it was it, it was a he won with a 223 30 which is honestly it's a pretty good time for how the seed went oh yeah this is a very good run that's obviously they get a good time <laughs> that's yeah. wild like we it's not the first time it's happened in this tournament where someone you know one person has followed the logic as thoroughly as they can and the other person's just like i'm out of logic but i'm doing more stuff and hoping it pays off and right. yeah this one was weird because both decisions were right <laughs> yeah yeah like else, keep keep go, keeping go, like going all the way in spirit made sense because trying to weigh the heroes mostly it's more likely to have something in spirit than gtg but he still went and opened the bosky chest which is obviously bow locked so and then found his first bow there, which was honestly one of the... Because I was on comms for this match, and it was really hype. Like, And then, like I said, Phoenix Feather finding the one right after in GTG is like, holy shit. Jeez, <laughs> that's... That is... And, like, you've got to imagine there's a decent amount of metagaming in there. Like, you know, what the hell's doing Spirit early is probably a nod to the strength being way of a hero. It's like, all right... It's probably not strength one it's probably strength two let's dip into spirit and see if we can get something out of logic or get it set up for later or something along those lines but then like them both doing overworld checks at roughly the same time like you know talking about the early uh deco into adult like when you get two runners who know each other and you know we spoke about this on the last episode with marco versus bonnaroo if you get two runners who know each other, sometimes the decisions can seem so 
out of place yeah yeah a lot of them just like don't quite add up and then you hear the reasoning behind it and you're like oh this is a pure metagame call and sometimes it pays off and sometimes it doesn't and it sounds like in this one it didn't but they both did it so it didn't matter i think it's always so impressive to see players completely accurately predicting what the other one will do at a certain time just amazing to see so what the hell ends up winning and moves on to face Cariosa in loser's bracket round seven which that one was this one was a really again a really interesting race in a few different ways so Cariosa did three song and all of the songs were terrible what the hells did Deku into early adult but Deku had nothing and early adult had nothing except Song of Storms from the Windmill. At the Temple of Time, they both got a hint that Zelda's lullaby was on the Ocarina of Time, so they knew it was all dungeons, they both knew that very, very early. Both went and did chickens quite early, like sub-30 minutes, both of them have done chickens, and got 20 bomb chews at this point. Which, Cariosa, still in Child 1, goes adult and goes to DC. What the hell's having dipped adult earlier and having storms goes into bottom of the well, which is way of the hero and finds the first bomb bag. So they carry both carry on through their the kind of opening routes. And all of a sudden there is just a wave of items one after the next. Uh, there was strength on the skull kid in Lost Woods. There was a hook shot in the DMT, the Duke wall. Uh, there was a mirror in Dodongo's cavern. There was a Gerudo Valley Way of the Hero hint after we'd seen What the Hells get it, and there was magic on the crate. So Cariosa had kind of avoided Valley to that point, but you know, got pulled back there later. Uh, they got a Zora River Way of the Hero that led them to a scale. And for a while it was kind of, you know, oh, is this just to get to Stone Jabu so that you can get your ZL? It was also a long shot in Lake Hylia. So suddenly the whole world is just opened up to them. Stone Forest had the boomerang and the light arrows. So they get ZL and by the time, considering the start was completely empty, they both finish Forest and Jabu, they finished I think 11 seconds apart. And by this point they get ZL and they're only missing, you know, three items. So the biggest difference here was, at this point, they both pushed towards Ice Cavern. But what the hells did a bit of a child cleanup before going over towards Ice Cavern after getting ZL. And that child cleanup led to nothing. Just absolutely nothing. Meanwhile, Cariosa rushes Ice Cavern, finds Strength 2 on the iceberg, and the hovers in the first chest in Ice Cavern. The second big decision that came up here, so what the hells is maybe four minutes behind Cariosa at this point, and they're both just looking for iron boots or a gold scale. What the hells goes to GTG and starts clearing that. Cariosa dips into GTG, sets for Raw's Wind, and leaves to do Spirit first, which is progression. And finds the iron boots 
in the Spirit Temple in the adult climb. So where it was 11 seconds leaving Jabu, it was four minutes, five minutes by the time they're beating the Shadow Temple and leaving Ice Cavern. By the time they finish Spirit, they're 10 minutes apart. And yeah, by that point, that was pretty much it. Everything kind of flowed one into the other and Cariosa takes the win in 248-15, knocking out the last non-French player uh, in the tournament at this point. So we've got a, an all-French top three. Yeah, I mean, is it, really, is it really surprising at this point with how many French players in the community? I It's not, but at the same time, I think if you... if people had said Cariosa was going to be in the top three at the start of the tournament. I think I don't think many people would have given him that shot. No. <laughs> yeah, no way people would have predicted that. Yeah. And he's definitely a player where his playstyle was always kind of hit or miss. Sometimes he would have an amazing race and sometimes it would be terrible. But you can also tell there's been a lot of work going in throughout this season and just pulling out his execution has stepped up, his routing has stepped up. This Karius's play has got incredibly good and yeah, moves on to face Marco in losers finals. Which I think has been scheduled for the Wednesday this comes out. So Right. Wow. <laughs> Like we said before, we've addressed early game routing in a previous episode. Uh, a lot of it is, you know, your opening routes, your opening gambles, which things you kind of leave behind and don't, how much you prioritise hints. As you move into the mid game, this is where we're starting to look less at what items can I get early, where are my songs, that kind of thing, and more, okay, what do I actively need to do to beat this seed? And what's the best way for me to get to that point? So I think we all very much agree, uh, even if we don't always play towards it, that absolute number one priority, push your progression. Yeah, absolutely. That's the most important part about the mid game. The progression is your bread and butter. If uh, you, you shouldn't put it off at all pretty much i feel like even if it's barren i think um there's no real reason in solo seeds to push off progression like if they're like you can get okay you can get some like if you have some something way the hero and you can full clear and you have a barren dungeon that doesn't give you a song or anything then yeah that, in that situation i think it's fine but like you really there's no reason to put it off right there are some cases like the eu weekly uh, this weekend mentioned Deku Tree Foolish Hint before you did Deku Tree. So at that point, you know Shadow's required. You can wait until you get Din's Fire. But that's that feels like a bit of a kind of, you know, that's a fringe situation. That doesn't come up too often. If you've got all the items to speed up a dungeon, if you've got, you know, Barren Forest, but you've got your Hookshot, Strength, Bow, and then like Hovers and stuff like that as well, just go do it. Just You might as well go do it and get it out of the way. And even in that case of the EU Weekly, I would almost argue that doing Decatree immediately in your free song route is even better. Because you can just 
walk up Decatur and jump down without doing any checks, and it's gonna take less time than going adult and child once. Yeah, fair. And yeah, I I think there are times where your progression isn't obvious as well. Um, so progression isn't just, and I think this is one of the things where people always get tripped up on, is when when someone says push your progression, you know, you should prioritize your progression. People go, oh, my medallion dungeons. Progression is anything you know you have to do. So sometimes, sometimes your hints will be bait, right? Sometimes you just don't need to do them. But most of the time, your way of the heroes are still progression. Oh, it's definitely a better shot than just randomly guessing somewhere. And like, there are some things where, you know, if you get a hint that Ice Cavern has Nocturne, Ice Cavern becomes progression if Shadow's a medallion. It's little things like that that I think people kind of prioritize their medallions as much as they should, but not so much the other things that are still required. Um, another big part of that that I want to quickly touch on as well is we mentioned the EU Weekly and I said about picking up strength and still going to Ice Cavern. I think that's the other big thing in terms of pushing your progression is always be ready to change your game plan. It's, it's so easy to get caught up on, okay, I've got no progression I can do, I'm going to prioritise this number of checks or this way of the hero location as soon as something changes you have to be constantly reassessing that yeah the, the moment you find an item that opens some progression you need to definitely consider do i just uh do this progression right now or do i finish what i'm doing right uh, at this moment and it's generally a thing of, is it convenient to do later? Does it cost me a lot of time if I have to come back here? So if you are on the way to Ice Cavern and find your strength, for example, and you can now full clear a forest temple, I, th I would definitely argue just do your forest temple because you're very nearby Ice Cavern afterwards anyways. Right, yeah, I think in the EU Weekly there was no way between the two. No irons, no scale at that point, but... Oh, okay, that's... But even even then, it's, yeah, a medallion forest versus a, an ice cavern with no information. Yeah, always push information is very what uh, mid-game routing is about. And I think, so the other big thing that keeps coming up is prioritizing progression when there's multiple things available. I think that's one that I will say now, I know I personally struggle with. Um, like, one, one this happened maybe, this seed must have been over a year ago, and I can still remember exactly, exactly how it played out. But we had a forest medallion forest and a medallion fire and bolero and i had the items to do both 
and we knew that the prelude check was serenade so i was like whatever it's serenade it doesn't unlock anything i can do these dungeons in either order and so i went into fire and i cleared it and then i went to forest oh i went to fire and i beat the dungeon and then i went into forest and i beat the dungeon and then i left and i carried on doing everything else looking for my last couple of items and what i didn't do was pierre because i didn't set scarecrow because i didn't have serenade and it's that those tiny decisions that can just swing an entire seed so prioritizing your progression in a in a sensible order is also really important to be fair in that scenario i would argue that doing uh, your fire temple before getting the scarecrow song is probably still the correct play on paper i think it's arguable Quite likely, just a key, or you're not even gonna go that deep into Fire Temple in the first place. So you would just waste time in uh, Adult Lake Hylia. Hmm. But yeah, like I think it's still one of those things where, you know, for all I knew, the Pierre check could have been the boss key. It wasn't. It was the long shot. I hated that seed, but it could have been the boss key. And I think that's one of those things where, like, you know, people always talk about things, kind of like we were saying earlier with the Baron Dungeons, actually. It's like, if I've got hookshot, bow, strength, hammer, bombs, and I've got forest and fire open, both as medallions, nine times out of ten, I will do fire first, because if I find the long shot, that speeds up forest. Yeah, like prioritizing your dungeons not just in a way of i have to do these but what's the most efficient way for me to do these if everything goes to plan i think doing a dungeon later that uh, benefits more from heaven for us wind is also a good point mm-hmm. yeah um and yeah the other part of that is as well like prioritizing dungeons just in terms of density can be really good like i it i don't know if this is like a universal habit in the rando community i don't know if you two have noticed this as much as i have people really dislike doing the spirit temple early if you have spirit access people just seem to avoid it uh i don't know i generally do spirit temple pretty early on that's a good check uh it's a good location for checks yeah i i love spirit person i think it's like probably my favorite (laughs) favorite dungeon but it's for sure up there with gtg i think it's just about the same checks per hour so i don't know it doesn't seem bad as it depends on this on the circumstances it could be like okay you have everything clear adult spirit but i don't have magic maybe i want to do it in, in the child but yeah i usually agree that if you can do spirit even then you probably should and that's one of those things of you know there's not that much that speeds up spirit long shot is the big one but otherwise like that's pretty much it um din's fire i guess yeah magic yeah but um for the most part it's it's high density and pushing your progression in terms of 
where am I most likely to find my missing items isn't just a play of, you know, oh, if I find the long shot before I go to forest, then forest is faster. But also, if I'm in go mode before I go to, say, I don't know, shadow or fire or whatever, you're just like, I can go mode the dungeon. I can just get my boss key and go. Yeah, this uh, works better for dungeons like Fire or Water Temple rather than like Forest Temple. In Forest Temple, if you're in go mode, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you skip like one chest in the basement and that's Sometimes. pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, if it's not bosky. <laughs> yeah, I, I say shadow because it's like you could skip the maze, but like it never happens. <laughs> yeah, not realistically. <laughs> so yeah, I think the general rule there, and I mean like... Akola, I think you had like a kind of specific, not precise, but like a list of priority in terms of dungeons and stuff. And I think I generally agreed with it, you know, maybe rearrange the odd thing here and there. But generally speaking, it's a case of if you've got multiple points of progression open, do your density first, the most like checks per minute, which is, you know, Deku Tree, bottom of the well. Uh, things like GTG and Spirit are up there. Oh, DC as well. DC, DC, run. absolutely, yeah. Um, then your number of checks just on the raw numbers. So, you know, do Shadow before you go to Forest or Fire, that kind of thing. Ice Cavern kind of falls in around there, depending on how important the songs are at that point. And then at the end, it's just like Jabu, Water, the, the bad dungeons. It's like... If you have to do them, do them, but don't do them until you're kind of low on options. Yeah, it's pretty much just your last location, and no matter what, you are not getting around that. <clears throat> One thing I do want to touch on quickly as well is, we mentioned progression in terms of, you know, places that you know you have to go to, even if it's not a dungeon. I think the other big thing that really ties into this, that some people will do very, very aggressively, and some people will absolutely avoid, is dipping into your dungeons. Oh, you... I, I will do that very aggressively. I Me will too, yeah. Same. Into the dungeon Same. If you've got Shadow as a medallion, and you don't have the hovers, the next time you would warp somewhere, play Nocturne, go into Shadow, do the first two checks, and then warp away from there instead. You might as well. You lose nothing. You're doing those two checks at some point anyway. You might as well dip in and do them there. Same thing for water, I think, is another big one. I don't see enough people do. If you have hovers, irons, and hookshot, and it's a medallion water, go in. Find the bosky. And if you find the bosky in a, in a decent spot, you can just leave. You don't lose anything. Like It's progression. You'll have to do it anyways. Just do it. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I've seen yeah. dipping water win races single-handedly oh, yeah. and it's literally just been i dipped in to try and find the boss key because i could and i found ruto's letter i found the long shot like you don't expect it to happen but it still can and the point is you have to do it at some point you might as well do it as soon as it's available you're just gonna look very bad if it's uh, actually something in there and you didn't dip in until like the boss key in water temple and other people did they are gonna finish like an hour before you mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I can understand sometimes with like not having hovers is a big one because you can't actually you can't like full clear it without hovers. So right, I guess that comes back to where we were earlier of prioritizing your things in terms of its progression, but you've probably got multiple things open, so do the things that will speed up your later progression. Water without hovers is terrible. That's absolutely awful. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so if you can dip into, you know, say you don't have strength, and you're like, do I dip water to get my boss key, or do I dip forest to do the courtyard? Do forest first, because it's far better, more checks, like they're both progression, and if you find your hovers, then water becomes better. But, you know, otherwise you're missing an item for each dungeon. And forest, you'll most likely do everything anyways, compared to water where that's yeah. not necessarily all the time. So I guess the, other, the next big thing there is we spoke about the requirements, including hints. And I guess with that, when when do the hints become something you ignore? I generally read the hints that are on route anyways, uh, even late game. Could always be important. Right. You never depends, know. Depends what kind of hints you're missing. Like if you're just missing sometimes hints, I don't really bother. If it's like 10 seconds for a hint, it doesn't really matter. You can still grab it real quick. Right, if I've just done Ice Cavern and I'm missing like any hint, and I'm on my way over to like Unthor King's Aura, I'll read the hint on the way over. Like you're going pa right past it anyway, you might as well take the couple of seconds to go through that text box. And sometimes that one hint that you miss, you know, going back to season three, matches we've had a couple of races where one hint has made a big big difference you know this person didn't know that 50 skulls had something this person yeah we had uh oh, i cannot remember which race it was now was it the phoenix carry or so the double hook shots the hinted hook shots oh, where yeah, the, the shadow that. floor master had a hook shot and that was the hint by big goron and that's just, like, it's a random sometimes hint. But it was a random sometimes hint that spun the entire seed around because the other hookshot was hinted on 30. And you knew that that was your logical first. And it's it's things like that. I think if you're running past an area anyway, picking up the hints is really useful regardless. But I also think there's a point where there's an over-reliance on hints. And most of that is just tracking your bait. You know, we mentioned the EU Weekly, Ice Cavern and Zora Fountain being logically required. If one of those was hinted Way of the Hero, at what point do you go, actually, no, I shouldn't go and do this. I should go and push something different. I think if you have progression in terms of medallion dungeons open, you should put that generally above your Way of the Ruins because your Way of the Ruins could potentially lie. The medallions you always have to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right, I think that. the other big thing is if you've already found something out of logic. Um, I played a seed a couple of days ago where bottom of the well was foolish. Uh, 
it was a bingo seed, so I was going in there to get a skull anyway, and found magic. And was like, wait, what was locked? Like, nothing, nothing was magic locked. And it was a Zora tunic. So it, it, the magic was Zora tunic locked, and both the wallet and the Zora tunic were magic locked. So at that point, the way of the hero hints suddenly become way worse, because you know that somewhere along the line, you're going to be pointed towards magic that you no longer need. Yeah, it's definitely important to be aware of things like that. I think uh, if Minuet is on Ocarina of Time uh, and you have a forest medallion and the only way you go and get to Forest Temple, that's a good example of your way of the rules being definitely less strong than usual. Requiem as well. Requiem's always a big one for it. Well, Requiem could still be required. Uh, in a hard way with Minyard. Yeah, that's uh, one of those ones getting there. where it's almost like spirit jumps up in terms of priority at that point because you want to know as soon as possible if it's required or not. Uh, which I guess comes back to what we were saying about, you know, reading the seed and understanding. Yeah. I, th I think Ice Cavern is a big one for that where you can, like, with... Uh, for Especially for, like, something like Forest Access, I can... I, I see... It, enough often that okay i know ice cavern is way the hero and i have every other song and i know it's for a fact that it's way the hero for forest access then that's another time you can just like completely ignore it for a long time like and it's completely reasonable right and sometimes that's great because yeah it's just sarius and you don't care and then other times it's eventually you finally break down and you're like all right i have to go to ice cavern and you find hovers in the first room and you're like oh well, okay. And that's, you know, that's rando being rando. Sometimes these things will backfire and it's more about stepping back afterwards and analysing, did I make the right call, whether it worked or not. Yeah, that's always the important part. You shouldn't analyse your seed based on the result you've gotten. You should just analyse it based on, was it the right call? Is it mathematically correct to do this or not? I guess the other thing as well is talking about hints, the other alternative generally, if people are ignoring their hints because of a potential bait, the kind of counterplay to it is push your check density. You know, oh, Ice Cavern is hinted, but I know it's forest access. Do I do Ice Cavern or do I do GTG? GTG is more checks, you know, much, much higher on checks per minute. Is there any kind of blanket rule for prioritizing your density or when you should focus your hints versus your check density versus being thorough? I don't think there's a blanket rule on that. It's just uh, something like, if you know it's Epona's in the eyes and GTG uh, is also available to you if you go in reversing from spirit then you could do the play of just reversing immediately without Epona's if you say searching for a long shot yeah I think it's really difficult as well because I think that's one of the things that changes as you get closer to the end like if you're missing 
three, four items still, and you've got Ice Cavern and GTG open, odds are you're gonna do both of them at some point anyway. So I almost don't know if it makes a difference there, which one you do first. I guess if you're missing any of the items, I guess if in the case of, say, opponents, uh, you do Ice Cavern first, because then you can be more thorough when you go to Fortress. But if you're missing one item, suddenly it's like, okay, no, I need to try and read what's happening here, because there's only one step between me and finishing. Yeah, if you're missing three items, I wouldn't recommend that play, but if you're in a go mode search, well, maybe. Yeah, and I mean, even then, it's always going to be a judgement call, part of it's going to come down to metagaming and stuff, but... I think, yeah, it's really important to kind of read the seed, figure out where it's kind of directing you, but also not necessarily just do whatever it's directing you to do, because yeah, sometimes it will bait, bait you in the wrong direction. So one other thing I very briefly touched on there, um, and I know this is a hot point of contention for some people, um, while you're clearing out checks, how thorough do you want to be? I think you want to do most checks that are on the way, basically, to your progression, for sure. Like, it's really bad if you have to come back to a place you've already been before. Not only do you run through areas twice, it's also that it's an hour later than everyone else does this. Mm -hmm. It's For something like that, it just depends on where that specific check is let's just say like okay i have i got something off of bomb to bowling that opens up forest temple either hookshot oh well i'll just make a quick pace up a high castle fair real quick like stuff like that i can see like mm, you can put it off for after you, there's a good chance you're probably gonna come back child anyways yeah i kind of feel like there's a couple of different mindsets on this um so i mean riley you'll know this better than i will but one person i'm going to particularly talk about with this is uh sponges playstyle during a lot of like season three was to prioritize the density even if that meant occasionally leaving behind a check that you know wasn't too out the way but it wasn't immediately obvious and like the one big one that came to mind was there was a race where he had uh i think it was gtg available and he went he'd beaten fire landed in DMC and warped to go and do GTG and then after GTG played Bolero to go and do the Crater Fairy. And it's it's one of those things where it's it's right next to you, but at that point you're playing the odds. You're only missing one item. And odds are it's not gonna be on this one check. It's gonna be in these thirteen instead. You can say something like, if you finish Water Temple, and you're just missing like one item for go mode, and you have like GTG or Bottom of the Well open, it's like doing all of the lake is kind of slow. Like it's very low odds. It's there. Like playing the odds is definitely like something that's really good sometimes. But if you're like really early, at the, like if you're like at the start of your mid game, I guess it's kind of it's kind of weird. 
but it I, depends a lot on the songs you have as well yeah. if you can get back to the place that you skip in real quickly it's definitely better to leave it than if you don't have the song hmm. i think yeah generally speaking it's better to be thorough earlier and then as you get later it's like you don't want to isolate things you don't want to like leave behind checks but you maybe make decisions on where to go next based on how much you would leave behind you know i'm more likely to go to say gtg than ice cavern most of the time because on the way to gtg there's nothing really that you're leaving behind you know maybe you don't do the hammer rocks but that's like one check on the way that you can stop in on with ice cavern it's like Okay, you're taking the time to go off and do King Zora afterwards or something along those lines. It's a lot more that's kind of just that one check that's out the way and distant. The other big part of it as well is obviously skipping one check isn't a big risk. People do it all the time. Oh no, I skipped chickens. What a shame. Oh no, I didn't collect 20 skulls. Great. But then those checks add up. Skipping chickens is fine, and skipping 20 skulls is fine, and maybe skipping both together is fine. But then you also skip, you know, take to take the example earlier, if we skip Adult Lake, that after water, that's like two more checks that you could have done there. And then maybe you skip like one or two of the field grottos, and that's a couple more checks. That, and eventually it gets to the point where all of these checks you're skipping is higher than the locations that you're going to. Yeah, you should never let that happen. I had a phase where I tried out with that and it generally just never worked out. Yeah, I've I've been there at one point and it's it's like a, a difficult balance to strike, I think, in between where you want to you want to be picking up checks that are nearby, but you don't want to be doing absolutely everything and full clearing your seed every single time. No, because then you just I'll, I'll, you'll always have the same time, you'll always finish in the same place, like Yeah, and I think I think in parts it's kind of reading your own skill level uh, I think when people are just starting out or when people are like trying to get more consistent Doing all of the checks is fine. When you get runners who are, you know, people who are like, were just outside top 32, that kind of range, like people who would be on the cusp of qualifying but not quite in, or people who just snuck in at the bottom, that's the point where you need to take a couple more risks, you need to leave things behind a little bit more, because presumably these players don't have the execution edge, you're winning based on the decision-making. And so you have to kind of make those dis big decisions. And then once you get up to the top, we're talking about the players who are the highest execution, so they can then again afford to be thorough because they have the execution edge. Yeah, if someone like Marco played a qualifier, you wouldn't expect him to skip basically any check on his route. 
just because it's way too much of a risk that there is something on there and he just gets completely bodied. Yeah, and I think it's like, it's kind of like a weird curve where it's, when you're in that middle ground, you know you're you're getting good, but you're not quite up there, you know, consistent, consistently like 10th to 20th in weeklies, but never breaking that top three, top five kind of range. That's the point where you need to start taking risks. Like, to me, that is the point where you've got the routing down, you've got the basics down, and at this point the decision-making needs to start coming in. The flip side to that is, as well, sometimes that has to change mid-seed. Sometimes you get halfway through a seed and you're like, oh, if it's on this thing that I could have done 20 minutes ago, someone should be done by now. I never really like those calls too much, because it's really easy to dwell on the one or two mistakes you made and not think about the one or two mistakes your opponents would have made. But at the same time, like, there are levels to that, and eventually it gets to the point of, in the middle of a seed, you need to make a judgement call. In those situations, I think it's better to play safe, but if you have the if you have that read and you have that judgment call go with it yeah it depends if it's a, also depends what kind of race setting here and is it a weekly is it a 1v1 you're doing like because those can drastically change how you're thinking so sometimes leaving a check behind you're like okay i'm leaving this behind in a 1v1 that's very usually there's a very good reason for that but in a weekly like you can think, okay, somebody's going to check that, and I, you just can't win. <laughs> like, How often happen. in the Season 3 did we see people skipping Gerudo Valley, or people who would normally skip Gerudo Valley going there? Uh, sometimes you, yeah, you people can make those reads based on the metagaming. In a weekly, that's wildly different. In a weekly, you know, for a long time, you couldn't skip Gerudo Valley. Because 90% of players would be doing it. And so it's like the odds of there being something there are pretty low. But if there is, you've just lost to 90% of players. Yeah, it's like you suddenly get 40th place. <laughs> yeah, and like, you know, we were saying earlier, jet seeds are the kind of biggest culprit there where one mistake can be the whole race. In that kind of situation, it's, you know, if you go to Valley and there's nothing, okay, you wasted a couple of minutes. Basically, yeah, Valley League is almost five minutes. Yeah, but if you don't go there and there is something, you've maybe sunk 20, 30 minutes in that you should have been doing progression through. Um, which I guess Valley Lake is an early game one, but the we're talking, you know, this still applies going into the mid and the late game anyway. It's those judgment calls of where do you leave things behind yeah i guess to take a better example deep fire if you find a boss key in say the upper boulder maze do you go to the end of fire if you don't have furores that's always a hard call i think hmm. and a lot of it depends on how much else do you have open sometimes three checks in deep fire is actually close to your most dense location.
Yeah, fire gets better as you go along as well. First checks are way more likely to just give you keys. And if you go on into fire temple, there's it's more likely to give you an actual item. So it's weird. Once you go deeper, you might as well finish, I guess. Right, which I guess again as well comes back to that. Read the seed. How many items are you missing? What do you have left to do? By that stage, I like I'm. I'll admit I'm not a fan of Fire Temple as a play, ever. But uh, but yeah, it's absolutely one of those things where sometimes by the time you're there, at least like if you've got hover boots already, go in and do the two checks. You know, find out is like sure you might at that point you're stranding the the hammer chest but knowing whether or not that's a key could be a huge difference so we have one other big thing to talk about in terms of mid to late game routing and we kind of touched on it earlier with the na weekly high skull counts how do they affect your mid game it's always hard to say. Um, some people like to just front load the skulls immediately, or some other people just take a bit of a slower approach to it. I generally don't push them too much, since uh, you have other progression to do, and you might as well return to some skulls in, say, Kokiri Forest or something later on. Right, like, I'm a big fan of skull seeds in general. I really like the routing decisions and stuff, and knowing your kind of skull density is good. You know, obviously people always think of child cack as the big one, but, like, if you've got a boomerang, Lon Lon Ranch can be really useful. Kakiri Forest is great. Like, Kakiri Forest into Lost Woods, if you've got a bottle, is yeah. amazing. Mm -hmm. um, just having a bottle in general is really fast. It's just warping if you have a lot of warp songs. Just I think the two big things in terms of skulls that really impact things are firstly which item is on the skulls. Yeah, if it's if it's a hook shot and you're only just thinking about that getting into what you'd consider the mid game, maybe there's something wrong. Like if if you're missing a hook shot, like yeah, maybe you've done something wrong by that point. Or if um, it's something like more interesting, like a hammer, where okay, I have medallion fire. Do I take the time to get it low and slow, or do I rush it? There right. are some situations where rushing it is the correct play, but sometimes rushing it too quick can lead to you just being really inefficient, and that loses you a lot of time. Right, magic, like with the NA weekly, where mm -hmm. it's like it's probably required but you don't know it's like it's a really tight judgment call on that one um i i think the other big thing that matters is uh how how early you know and how many items you get before that point because one of the absolute biggest things that i see a lot of people do and Sometimes I think it's the right call, and sometimes I think people take it too far, is doing certain locations because they have skulls. 
Stone Forest does not get better because there are four skulls in the entrance. Like, Stone Forest, in terms of checks, is still terrible. Uh, there is two for the entirety of Stone Forest, but uh, if you're only doing the courtyard and stuff uh, before pushing the blocks, it's not even bad, in my opinion. I think the courtyard is fine. Um, I think any further than that is probably a mistake. And the other thing, I guess the flip side to that one is people seem to avoid GTG completely in Skull Seeds. It's still a good location. You should definitely go there if it's uh, pointing you to that direction. Yes. Yeah, Skull that... Seeds, I feel like, because, like I said, if you include Colossus, that's usually two. Wasteland has one, then Fortress has two, Valley has two. That's a lot of Skulls. Right. I think people get so hung up on GTG has no skulls, and it's like, well, GTG doesn't have to. You're going near Valley. Valley has the skulls that are right within reach. Um, and again, this comes down to how many items are you missing? If I know that there's an item on skulls and I'm missing three other things, I'll go to GTG. Like, there's a reasonable chance that one of my other three items is there. If I'm down to two items missing and one of them is, I don't know, hover boots on 50 skulls, I'll just push the skulls at that point. There's a decent chance my last item's in shadow. I'm just going to focus the skulls. I think you should aim to never get into a situation where you are only doing the skulls while not doing checks at the same time. So you just wander out, keeping that in it does depend. I think with 30, 100% agree. With 40, it depends on the items. And with 50, sometimes you just have to. I There yeah, are a lot of scenes where I've gone... Us, but yeah. It doesn't happen too often. There's a lot of scenes where I've gone into, like, Long Long Ranch at night just because it's, you know, three or four skulls that I've not got. And you just warp out of there at the end. It feels inefficient but at the same time it's like if i'm at 30 skulls and i need to get to 50 that's a quarter of that item like that's a big deal um, i mean yeah if you have a route in mind that definitely gets you to 50 skulls you can do that but before that you shouldn't make a play like that in my opinion that's fair yeah no i agree and i, I think with that one it depends on what you've already done and what the item on the skulls is um one thing that i know comes up quite a lot is people who go to say forest or clear fire and then later get the skull hint and it's like oh do i go back and get those things because a lot of people when it comes to skull seeds fall back on their dungeons and if you've already done your dungeons what do you do? Oh, those are the least uh, of the skulls that you want to get at that point. Like, they take so long. Yeah, like, maybe you go into forest and get the first two or three at a stretch. Any more than that, and I think you're pushing it. Um, and yeah, by that stage, it's just know where all of your skulls are. And if you don't have a specific plan in mind... 
push density, but push density with checks. People prioritise ice caverns so much more in a skull seed because you can get a couple on the way up the river, you can get one in domain, you get three in ice cavern. It's oh, so even if you come from Minyard, it's very good. There's a couple on the road to ice cavern. Right, yeah. So, like, if you go, yeah, if you go Minuet to Ice Cavern and then leave down river, that's what, like, eight skulls? Assuming you've got all the items to collect them, but that's like eight skulls on that route. That's incredible. Oh, it's ten, if I count correctly. You get one in Meadow, then one in Lost Woods, one in Kokiri Forest, uh, you go towards... Ice cavern, there's one in domain, one in fountain, three in ice cavern, and two in river. I don't know if I would count the one in fountain, because yeah, that's a terrible that one skull. <laughs> I, did, I didn't count Kakuri Forest either, so yeah, that would be the other one I was missing, which I think you should grab at that point, most likely. But, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's knowing not just where do I get skulls, where do I get checks, but kind of merging the two in together and going, which is my priority and where do I go for both? And that will do it for this week on the podcast. As always, first and foremost, I'd like to thank Cole for joining us for uh, this week's episode. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to talk with. You're very knowledgeable about this game, so it made a ton of sense to have you for this one. And... Uh, if any of you guys have any more topic suggestions you want to give us, we're always open to hearing about them, either through email or Twitter, or even on the Ocarina of Time randomizer where you have a specific channel for the Gossip Zone podcast. And I think that that, that about does it. So, I'm Riley. I'm Yoshi. And I'm Gola. And um, we'll see you next time on the Gossip Stone podcast.